Uh, Good morning. I'm really glad to see you. I mean that. I really am. It's good to see you. I I have been in this room where none of you were here. I remember those days. That was hard. I remember looking right there at that camera, wondering who I was reaching. If you were really online, if you were really watching. I remember an empty foyer. I remember immediately, almost after we were done, just everybody saying, okay, well, shut off the lights and back to life in COVID. And I remember as I drove away thinking, what I just did was not church. Oh, we did the things and we did the best that we knew how, but it occurred to me that the genius, the beauty that God had in mind when he set forth the church And as we think about Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to talk about that today. I want to ask you a question as we think about this series. Um, How many of you grew up in the church? Raise your hand if you grew up in the church, okay? How many of you are like me and you didn't grow up in the church, okay? Anytime we have the assembled saints, we have those kind of two groups of people, And um, both are a blessing. If you grew up in the church and your parents forced you to know Jesus at a very young age, and, you know, if it wasn't really an option, that's a blessing. I can tell you as a kid who didn't grow up in the church, I longed, I longed to have what you have. And if you didn't grow up in the church and you came to Christ later in life, You understand what I mean? And you understand what a blessing it is to be a part of the beautiful body of Christ. I would say growing up, I'm not a church. I was not a church kid, but I love. To my dying breath, I will love the church. Because the church changed my whole life on earth and in eternity. The church is the reason that I'm here today and that I'll be with Jesus in eternity. I love the church. And I know it's popular from some preachers today to bag on the church and just abuse the church and talk about all her flaws and all her warts, and and, and those are there. But the church is a beautiful thing. And if you let her, she'll make you better. And she will draw you closer to her husband, Jesus the Christ. So today we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about how that affects you. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, where we think about what Paul is focusing on unity in the body of Christ. We've worked uh, slowly but surely through these last three verses. If you are just now getting into be a part of this series, then go catch the podcast or go watch Vimeo and you'll catch up to speed. But today we're in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 4. 
And Paul writes this. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. He first starts by saying, there is one body and one spirit. And so the first most simple thing that we see and must understand is that the church is a body, not a building. And you and I today, it's just so, almost impossible for us to not think of church as a building. It's not just Northside, but just everywhere. Like you go to type up a church website and you go to their website, the first thing you'll see almost universally is a picture of their building. It's so ingrained in us. We say, well, where are you going on Sunday? I'm going to church. And, and we can't really get away from that. That's just ingrained in us. That's part of how we talk and how we think. But you need to know that there was a church long before there were church buildings. And when Paul's addressing the one body, he's speaking to that church. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about this idea of the body. And it's, there's a lot there, but he, in 1 Corinthians 12, to a church that had a lot of issues, he writes this. Just as the body is one and has many members, for all, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, this is the one spirit that Paul refers back to in Ephesians, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. We had a lady, Marcia Goodner, who was baptized into Christ this past week. And she, when she came up out of the water, not only was she forgiven of her sins, but she was given the gift of the Holy Spirit. She was joined, she was added to the one body. Paul here says that. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, which are two groups you didn't put together. Slaves or free, which are two groups that didn't often associate. We were all made to drink of one spirit. He goes on to say in verse 27, 1 Corinthians 12, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So when you think of church, as difficult as it is to do, I want you to think, and, and maybe you do already, but if not, I want to encourage you to think of a people, not a place. I want you to think of a body, not a building. In other words, when I was growing up and I eventually did come to Christ, church was not 1144 South Emporia. That wasn't what church was to 12-year-old Toby Levering. Church was people like Marvin and Janice Parkey. Marvin and Janice Parkey, and heard me talk about this before, they took me to church before I could drive to church. I didn't have anybody to take me there. They took me every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night. And I think about that a lot. Now, it wasn't a, an incredible amount out of their way. They just lived a few miles from where I lived in Mulvane. But, but they were so faithful in that. If they had not been faithful in that, well, I might not be still in Christ today. I think about, they didn't just take me to the assembled times, they took me to 
Super Sundays, if the youth group was having those, they, they, they took me to different youth group events if they could. They were faithful in that. I think of Peggy Wallace, who rode in that same car. She was a, a widow at that church, and they picked her up as well. And I learned a lot about being a Christian from an older, beloved, saintly woman in the Lord. The church was Tom Henry. Tom, when I would uh, speak on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, and they would let this young, immature, but passionate teenager preach, Tom would be at the back, and Tom would have usually a half a sheet of paper out. Tom loved Toastmasters, and so he would make his little notes of what he heard me say, and he would write down every time I said, uh, or ah, or did those verbal pauses. He would make a tick mark every time I touched my hand to my face. He would warn me about putting my hands in my pockets, all those little things, mechanics of speaking. But more than that, he was faithful in it. At the beginning, he was very encouraging. He just poured it on. What a good job I did and what a great preacher I was and just build me up. And over time, he coached me and he, he brought me along. And it wasn't just that then, it was he would take me to small churches around Kansas and I would preach to audiences of 22 people with all the passion and gusto that I had. And he would sit in the back and he'd make a few notes and we, on the car ride he'd encourage me. And that was church. Tom Henry was a part of the church. And church was so many other people, my youth ministers, my preachers. Church would go on to be my professors at Oklahoma Christian, people there at the congregations where I attended. The church was people. It wasn't about a place. It wasn't about a building. It was about a group of people committed to Jesus and committed to walking with one another. So understand that the church is a body. And now we got to understand also that there's only one body. In Ephesians, going back to Ephesians chapter 4, he says, One body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. We are a part of a wonderful body. But if you go to Google and search church in my area, you will come up with thousands upon thousands of results. And maybe if you're watching online, you did that. That's how you find our YouTube channel, or maybe that's how you find us on Facebook, or somebody shared this, and you think, well, how is this church different than any of the other churches? It's an important question. It's because Paul writes, there's one body. And Jeff read this morning from Colossians chapter 1. I want to read it again from Colossians chapter 1. Speaking of Christ, he says... In chapter 1, verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Jesus is head of the church, the, the, the universal body of Christ. Now, there's just one body the scripture speaks about. So, so we do well in churches of Christ. What we desire to do is to be that one body. We are not satisfied with saying, well, all paths lead the same place. One church is as good as another. We just want to be this body. We want to be this church. 
That's who we aspire to be. Jesus is the head. Our elders govern the affairs of the local congregation. Jesus is in charge. Not the pope, not the priest, not the pastor. Okay, I feel very blessed to do what I do, but you need to know Toby is not in charge. And, and that's a good thing. I don't understand these church models where one guy is at the top of the pyramid. That's not biblical. That's not what Jesus wanted in the church. Okay, He designed it in a beautiful way with a name and an organization and a function. That's what he wanted. There's wisdom in that. There's wisdom in how God designed the church. I love to preach, but we have some great elders who are in charge of things at Northside and who do a great job, by the way. So in all things, we as the one body yield to the one head, which is Jesus. His will is our will. We bend our will to his. We don't do things and ask him to bless them. We say, Lord, where are you working? And let us go and join you in that. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. You should be in Ephesians chapter 4, but just look back a few chapters. Chapter 1. If you don't know where Ephesians 1 is, page 1,251 in that pew Bible. Verse 22 of chapter 1, he says, He put all things under his feet, all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things, finish this phrase with me, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fulfillment of him who fills all in all. One body, one head, and in all things, he's in charge. We want to yield to him in all things. And so in one spiritual body, and we've got several hundred here this morning in person and probably several hundred watching online, we are, though we are many, Christ calls us to be one. The body has many parts acting together as one. Romans chapter 12, if you're following along, I hope you will. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Paul addresses these different parts of this one body. He says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I was trying to think, what's the best example? What's the way to kind of point this out? And I got a very simple one this morning. This morning, 500-ish people sang together songs as Mark led you in worship. When he did that, there were many different individual uh, voices coming together as one. Bass, tenor, alto, soprano, baritone, uh, good singers, world-class singers to, uh, well, we just show you mercy. <laughs> Some people just mouth the words, okay? All those different voices come together as one. Now, in the music world, we call that harmony. The different 
the different voices, the different melodies, the different, all coming together in one song. And I was thinking about that. We do that more than just in singing. We pray. We have different voices come up and lead us in prayer. But we, we, we pray. We all have different voices that we pray in, and yet we pray as one body. We give. We, we, we give. We have different people giving different amounts. And some are very blessed, and some can only put in a few mites. But we all give as one. We come to the Lord's table, and we many different members Many different people, many different experiences, many different maturities, many different ages. But we come to one, one supper together. It's beautiful what God did. And that's just in worship. That's just one part of the church coming together. But we are all to be acting as one. When Paul considered the church, he considered a body, not a building. He knew that that one body had one head. And he, he didn't just think of a building. He didn't think of just a place he thought of people. Someone shared this with me, and I, I thought it was really good. Turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 is a section of Scripture that you don't hear a lot of sermons on. I'm not going to give you a sermon on it. I'm just going to... Make a simple point. Romans chapter 16 is a verse full of greetings. It's a verse full of names that you and I don't know. When I said that church was Marvin and Janice Parkey and Tom Henry and Peggy Wallace and and Clifford Payne, and different people in my spiritual upbringing, Paul, Paul lists out, he spends a whole chapter saying, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, greet Priscilla and Aquila, greet all the, the church that met in their house, greet my beloved Eponidas, greet Mary, greet Adronicus and Junia, uh, greet, greet Urbanaeus, you know, all of these names that we don't even know, but that we can hardly pronounce. But that was church. To Paul, these are the people who had walked with him, that had served with him, that they had worked together with. This was the body. And he not only acknowledged them in divine holy writ, he appreciated them. And their names are written in this book for the ages so that we might understand the value and the importance of the body. It is not just a collective, that it's individual people who walk with us and help us. I want you to think for just a minute, who are the two, three, four, five most influential people in your walk as a Christian? I hope you'll think of fellow Northsiders, but I won't limit it to that. But who are the two, three, four, five people who've most influenced you, who've encouraged you, who've corrected you, maybe admonished you, who've taught you, who've been an example to you. That's the beauty of the body. We all act together for the glory and the benefit of one. So what? We've got one body, we've got one head, we've got many parts, so what? (laughs) Well, I'll leave you with these two things. First, uh, a question. Are you a part of his body? Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, but... Unless you've been confessed that Christ is Lord, unless you've turned away from sin and 
been immersed under the water. We call that baptism for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You haven't been added to that body. So my question is, have you been added to that body? If you haven't been, I want to, oh, I want to beg you to do that this morning, to be a part of the one body, to have, have the Lord himself add you to that body. If you haven't done that, you need to do that. And this morning, as we sing this song, you can go to the back and talk to one of our shepherds and say, I'd like to be a part of the body of Christ. Well, then the way to do that is to be immersed and to obey his commands. And the second is how, well, maybe, can you go forward one? Click it. There we go. How do you, if you're a part of the body, how do you make his body better? Do you just come and sit, or do you just be served, or do you contribute, do you participate, do you serve, do you encourage, do you teach, do you practice hospitality, do you pray, do you visit the sick, do you grade Bible correspondence courses, Uh, do you serve in a ministry like Women Walking with God, or Wichita Work Camp, or the Youth Group, or Safari, or Celebrate Recovery, or one of the hundreds of ministries that we have, do you serve in some way? In other words... Are you in the audience or are you in the army of the Lord? I want to encourage you, if you're a part of the body, make sure you're a contributing member of his body to make his body better. This morning, if you have a spiritual need, whether it be added to the body or in some way you would need encouragement and prayers of our shepherds, they'll be glad to do that. We're going to stand and sing right now. If you have a need, please go to the back and meet with one of our shepherds.